Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. So you may have heard the very exciting news that Soulscripts, the little tiny company that I started back in college and then grew into something not tiny at all, is reopening. And I am so truly excited to get to introduce you to her to tell you more of the story. I posted a very quick video on my Instagram not too long ago, but it was two or three minutes long and was the very condensed version of the story. And so I was really looking forward to getting to sit down and record a little bit more of the detail and kind of the heart and the story behind how all of this came to be, kind of the full circle story behind this brand. If you are new to me or my show, this story will still, I think, hopefully inspire you. And also if you've been around for a while or you've been around since the beginning, Thank you for your ongoing support, and I can't wait to share this story with you. So honestly, I mean, the story of this shop is so intertwined with my own journey of heartbreak, healing, and healing and rebuilding that I really can't talk about the reopening of it without talking about really the difficult and challenging journey, not only in my personal and family building life, but also as a leader and business owner that brought us here. What started as a simple means of making some extra money in college has become through a lot of refinement and a lot of time, something so much bigger and something so much deeper. So grab a blanket, get comfortable, and let me take you on a journey. Let me introduce you to Soul Scripts All Grown Up. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Okay, hey, before I dive into this story, I want to make sure that I give my listeners, my podcast listeners, a special discount code just to say thank you for your support on the podcast when the shop opens that you can use for 15% off. So if you're listening to this episode, you can use the code SHE15 for 15% off at checkout this entire week that the shop is open. Make sure that you use it. It'll give you 15% off your purchase. And that's it. So let's dive into the story now. So let's start with the creation of Soul Scripts. That would be probably the most appropriate place to start. So I started Soul Scripts from the inside of a storage closet, quite literally, <laughs> um, from my sorority house in college. I started it with nothing more than a little bit of faith and some big dreams. In fact, I actually started it um, as a hobby. I was just hand lettering. I loved to doodle all the time when I was growing up and when I was in college. And I picked up this skill. I just learned how to hand letter. I had started watching some videos online and learning kind of the art of doing calligraphy with a marker or a pen. And I loved it. And I loved to take notes in class that I wanted to remember in this because when you're spending more time 
really um, focused on what you're writing because you're trying to make it look a certain way, I noticed that I was more likely to remember it. So sometimes I would write down notes from class or quotes that I loved or verses that I wanted to remember. And I kind of developed the skill doing this as just a fun, creative outlet and hobby. And I began to get questions from sorority sisters. Hey, can you make a sign for my sister's wedding? Or um, friends of my mom, hey, can you make me a sign for my hallway? Or can I have a mug with this phrase on it that I've always loved? Or I would even have small shops or bloggers reach out to me and ask me to design them a logo or um, a design for a t-shirt that they wanted to print, things like that. And so um, that was just from like, you know, a little bit more organic and kind of freelancing. And then my boyfriend turned husband, boyfriend at the time, he really noticed that I was kind of doing this for fun and would every now and then, you know, sell my artwork. And he was like, you know, you're really good at that. And, you know, it's your, you're going into your senior year. Maybe you need like a creative outlet. Maybe you should start an Etsy store. And I, I remember thinking like, wow, for a football player, you're pretty artsy. <laughs> like, you know what an Etsy store is. That's cool. Because it was still, I think, a little bit newer at the time. I wouldn't say it was brand new, but it was an up and coming, you know, web platform to sell your handmade art and whatnot on. And I thought about it for a while and I just, I continued selling for a couple, it was just a few months that I did it a little bit more organically, you know, friend to friend or mutual friend or connection, things like that. And then eventually I said, you know, yeah, I'll try the Etsy thing. But little did he know that I kind of suck at having, having just creative outlets and hobbies. I genuinely, I generally just turn anything into a business or an organization. I turn everything that I find fun into work for the most part. But anyways, um, I started that small Etsy store. I remember getting my first sale. It was a lady in Texas bought, I think I had written Be Still on um, a piece of paper with marker and stuck it in a frame and took a picture of it against a wall and she bought it. And I was like, whoa, somebody that I don't know and don't have a mutual connection with just bought something from my Etsy store. And that was really what was kind of the catalyst for me of like, oh my gosh, I want to do this. This is so cool. I mean, I always had lemonade stands when I was a kid and um, my parents were both entrepreneurs and they had like side hustles. They owned gumball machines. And so when I was a kid, I would go and like service the gumball machines that my parents had placed in Pizza Hut or Great Clips in different places. Um, you know, and that would be how I get a small allowance or whatever. We'd get a few quarters from the machines that we serviced. So I grew up like doing this kind of stuff, but it was so cool when suddenly it was something that was mine and just ownable. Um, so anyways, I would, then I figured out I could start sharing some of my designs on social media. And so I began writing longer captions eventually on Facebook and again, eventually Instagram as well. Back when we used the Valencia filter, it was very fancy then. Um, but in some of the captions that I would write, I would tell stories that related to whatever I was, you know, whatever I was selling, right? Or whatever item it was, sometimes a story behind the item or what the phrase or the verse that I had, that I had lettered on it meant to me. Or sometimes I would just share personal stories of events or experiences that I'd had and lessons that I learned through them. And as those, some of those posts began to pick up some traction online, I noticed that more and more people were discovering my work and I began to make more and more sales in my shop as a result. And I eventually had to recruit my roommate and some other sorority sisters to help me package and ship out of the closet, the storage closet where everyone's suitcases were stored <laughs> um, on the third floor of our sorority house. And I would, I eventually figured out this is, this was like really a big like level up for me when I was a college senior, I figured out how I could get my art printed on like mugs and journals rather than like 
hand printing it on there I was like oh I could do it once and then scan it and then get it printed so eventually I was getting like boxes of 24 mugs or whatever shipped to my sorority house and my house mom was like Jordan your boxes are here you know I think I like annoyed the heck out of them but anyways I was running my little business operation out of the third floor storage closet it was hilarious um but it was my senior year and I just, you know, my class load wasn't as heavy as it had been in prior years. And so I would spend most of my free time doodling or figuring out what ships, ship station or whatever shipping, no, I don't even think it was ship station. It was whatever shipping that Etsy had available at the time and um, running to the post office and doing all the things. But, you know, I loved how the storage pl- closet where we were shipping a lot of this stuff out of became a place where conversations about just about anything and everything were welcome. I distinctly remember a friend walking into the room where we were packaging with a pint of ice cream in her hand and she plopped down and just tearfully began telling us about the boy who had just broken her heart. So we listened and we hugged and we rallied around her and I just loved how that closet kind of became a place where we could open up about heartbreaks or family drama or insecurities or whatever else we were walking through in that season of our life and just be there to support each other as we were eating pizza until two in the morning when we probably should have been sleeping or doing homework and instead running a little business operation. Um, But a year after starting that shop, I remember I had graduated at that point and was no longer, you know, crammed into a closet with my sorority sisters, was no longer surrounded by that kind of tight-knit community every day. And I reflected back on those conversations in SoulScript's headquarters, well, the storage closet, and thought about the power of a supportive community like that. And once I was removed from it, how much I appreciated it. And so I decided I would write a post about the importance of community and a supportive community and vulnerability like that. And I used a phrase in that post. I don't even remember the details of the post. I just remember that I used a phrase, your brokenness is welcome here, essentially to communicate, I'm here for you right where you are. Well, the response to that, that followed that, that post really just blew me away. I mean, there was an overwhelming amount of requests for apparel and products that would have that phrase on it. And at the time, I had actually kind of scaled back from my Etsy shop a little bit, focused more on blogging, and I had some side hustles. I had started doing some photography to kind of support my writing because I didn't really know exactly what I was doing with the shop going forward, but it was still running and still working, just I had kind of scaled it back because I didn't have 80 sorority sisters to help me package, and I couldn't afford uh, a team at that point. So anyways, um, but when we started getting those requests, I talked with a mentor and a friend of mine and told her that I was getting asked for this a lot. And so she, you know, offered to help kind of run the operation part of it and the packaging part of it. And so we opened up a clothing line and, you know, it was just a t-shirt and a sweatshirt, I believe, with that phrase on it. And that line sold out in hours. I mean, everything we had, we didn't have a massive amount of inventory, but just even the fact that we sold out within a few hours was like, whoa. So then we restocked with more inventory, like a larger amount of inventory, sold out again in a few hours, did it again a few weeks later, sold out within a day. It just just grew. It was like, whoa. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And it continued to grow bigger than I ever could have imagined over the next several years after that. But in spite of its success, I began to feel like the message had lost some clarity over time. Um, As people would ask me what it meant in the beginning, I would say things like, well, it's God's invitation to us. He welcomes us as we are, you know, things like that. And I want to preface by saying like, yes, that is absolutely true. But I quickly learned and saw how much that could be taken out of context or even become a message that could serve as an excuse to not work hard or aim for growth and maturing in our life. And 
as much as I would love, I mean, I loved to see women wearing the shirts to hard things like cancer treatments or other things they were trying to overcome or even gifting it to a friend walking through a hard time. I began to notice that in the majority of cases, women would post a selfie in the shirt and go on and on about how it's just okay to be a mess. They would essentially share that they were, you know, kind of like setting up camp in their struggle. Like this is just how it is because in air quotes, you know, Jesus loves this hot mess, which is super cute to say. But I remember thinking, yikes, that's not exactly what I meant. And it kind of just went off the rails pretty quickly. And I really began to worry that the message was being interpreted, like I said, as an excuse that could hold someone back rather than as I originally intended when I first wrote it in context of community as an invitation to open up and get the support it takes to take steps forward, right? And I really intended, I think as I reflect on it now, I think I really intended the message to be a catalyst toward growth and overcoming. I mean, I'm totally an advocate for taking proactive steps and being, you know, a doer and an action taker. You know, there's totally room for grace, but I think we can cheapen grace and we, you know, we want to take a grace-based approach to growth. Absolutely. Um, And that's, I think, really what this message embodies. But I think sometimes we can be so grace-based or cheap in grace that we completely forget about the growth part. And that's not the goal. Um, But anyways, I just, I think I really did intend the message to be a catalyst toward growth and overcoming, but unfortunately it very quickly seemed to become an excuse for misbehavior or sloth or just an unwillingness to grow and move forward. And other times we would run across someone who would leave a mean comment or a snarky comment on social media or stir up drama in a group that we hosted um, over the years. And we would either have to remove their comment or hold them accountable and then they would complain or you know there'd be backlash from them saying well i thought my brokenness was welcome and i would like be paralyzed like i guess you're like i don't know what to do about that but i would cringe when these events would happen more and more because that was never the heart behind the message or what i actually intended but it just had gotten so diluted and additionally the company had evolved from being you know this mall focus shop business to including many other programs that made up what eventually kind of formed into almost like a women's ministry arm or a college girl ministry arm too for a little while. Um, and I think a lot of that was because when I was hand lettering, I would sometimes share photos of what I was hand lettering, like verses that I was hand lettering or how I was hand lettering in like a journaling Bible. There was a season there, I would say it was like 2016 and 2017, where Bible journaling was like the new hot trend and everybody wanted to get into the creative art of Bible journaling, at least Christian women did. And that was a large part of my audience. And so I was sharing, like, I loved it. I thought it was cool. It was something I kind of encouraged me to read the Bible um, more than I had when I was you know, younger. And so I was sharing, you know, different verses that I would letter in the in the margin of the Bible or, you know, in the next to that people would see like how I had highlighted or taken some notes. And I would get a lot of questions like, how are you highlighting? How are you taking notes? How are you lettering in there? Like, what do you, how do you do this? And so I actually first started with a little booklet called My Scripts. If you've been around a while, you might remember the hilarious little My Scripts. That was one of my first products um, that was not like a decor item from my shop. And it was essentially like teaching women how to script like a verse like how to like they could script their own basically and just remember things and meditate on things um so that was kind of how it started but then it evolved into like do you have a highlighting program or you know it just kind of all mushroomed into from there a lot of bible journaling type content for a while But after some time of doing that, I kind of felt unsettled about it. And I wondered whether or not that was the right direction in spite of, you know, popular demand or being in popular demand. 
And I think I began to learn that trying to do too many things, especially with one company, can lead to a lot of confusion, both for the leaders of it and for its community. It can be like, well, what is this company do exactly? Because we're doing a lot of things. And what's the need that it's meeting or the problem it's solving? And that can become kind of vague if it grows, A, super quickly, and B, like, grows into many things really quickly. And so I think I realized that I needed to do two things. The first would be to cl- or was to clarify the very meaningful message that had gotten lost in translation a bit. And the second was to decide on which way to take the company and give it a focus lane to stay in so that I could really operate it with excellence. So I don't know. I think it's maybe because it had grown so much more quickly than I had anticipated. And because when I started, I didn't start with a super clear vision beyond just trying something I loved, you know, hand lettering and creating products to sell. I loved doing that. Um, But I came to realize that perhaps I as a leader didn't fully understand at the time what Soulscripts was supposed to become. And I think that's okay. I don't think we have to have it all figured out when we start but I think if we start something and it gains some traction and it gets some success and then there's new requests for new things or you happen to share a new phrase or a new thing that you're doing like lettering in your journaling bible or whatever you were doing just to kind of encourage share uplift or share something behind the scenes it can be like oh well I want that now too or can you teach me this too and it can if, if we're just saying yes to everything it can very quickly kind of mushroom cloud into like a conglomeration of a lot and lose some of the clarity and so I just knew in my soul, there was like this clear conviction in my soul that I needed to probably take a step back if I ever hoped to really see it become what it had the potential to be. And I thought that would be, you know, okay, I need to close this down for four or five years. Because when I had that realization that it's probably time to take a step back, it wasn't necessarily because it wasn't working. In fact, it was like everything was working and I didn't know which was really mine to shepherd and grow and steward and which was not. And I needed to get really clear on that. Um, But also because Although that everything I do now had started because I started a small Etsy shop, I also had grown some things outside of that part of the company as well. I had started a podcast and I had launched a best-selling book and just done some other things. I was speaking, you know, I originally started by speaking to college women and I would sell these sweatshirts on college campuses and stuff. Um, But then that evolved into speaking in a variety of different types of events. And so I started to realize like, okay, my career has all these different arms and I'm trying to steward and shepherd and, and build a lot right now. And this area over here with soul scripts feels pretty unclear to me, even if it's working, you know, and maybe I need to, maybe I would be doing myself a disservice and doing my, you know, my community a disservice if I just tried to force it and keep it going just to keep it going. Like maybe it would do actually 10 times better and serve people to nuns better if I can kind of put it on pause for a bit and maybe like simplify it and get clear on where it needs to go. And that might take five years or 10 years, or maybe it'll never come back. I don't know. But I just knew that if I ever wanted it to become something clear, that it would be hard to turn a moving ship. And it really is because when a thousands of people are on board with like, you know, when a message has been diluted or misunderstood or something just has a lot of legs to it and it's not super clear as to what it is, but it's going and it's working full steam ahead in one direction. And you see, you know, something that maybe consumers can't see because you're on the inside and you know, like, okay, we need to make this pivot or we need to simplify here or whatever it might be. It can be sometimes hard to kind of just be like, Hey guys, um, I know yesterday you thought that this is what it was and this is what it's going to be, but now today this is what it means. Or like now this is what I'm trying to get you to understand. Like it can be hard to just turn that moving ship. Sometimes you need to pause the ship or you need to dock the ship for a second. And then you can take it back out to sea with a clear, you know, direction of the destination you're going, right? 
And that's really what I felt like was happening with Soul Scripts. And so I really did, though, fight the idea of closing it for a long time. I mean, it was my business baby. It was what got me my start in everything, in product sales, in publishing, in speaking. Like, it was just kind of the start of everything. Um, and it was really born out of my hope to encourage and support women through life. But as that became more vague and more broad, I knew that it needed to be refined. And I don't know. I just needed to give the company a clear direction. and The message needed some of that refining, you know, so... I think I just knew I needed to better understand how the message and how the company could help move women forward in their struggles rather than risk holding them back as it was beginning to do. So in August of 2019, I finally closed the doors to the shop and um, really focused in on a few of the other things that I was doing that year. And I, interestingly, I remember feeling so, like I was in such a stuck spot from this because I began receiving hundreds of messages from people who demanded an explanation, like, why are you making this decision? What are you doing? We love this. And I so quickly or so badly, you know, wanted to quickly explain all of my reasons. I wanted to turn around and be like, well, this is what I can see. And this isn't what you're not seeing, or this is what I really feel convicted on, or this is, you know, all the things. But I sensed, I think it was just God like telling me that it was most, it was important to not try to explain away what was happening, um, but instead wait one year before trying to explain the pivot that I was, that God was like having me make because I was just in the middle of it and trying to explain it before I got a full view, just, I felt like wasn't going to work. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. 
Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today at the time I really didn't know why one year was why like I didn't know why I felt like I needed to wait one year before explaining it because I didn't think it'd come back for like five to ten years if it ever did um but at the time I had no idea what that one year would bring I don't think any of us did um but a few months later in December so it was probably four or five months after closing the shop I was sitting in a coffee shop in town and just writing down some thoughts and reflections of the past year and, um, you know, ideas for the upcoming years and just vision and just having a reflection, like an hour to reflect. And a thought came to me, which I wrote down in a journal because it was just so crystal clear. It's It was bring back soul scripts and your brokenness is welcome here as a product line and support community designed to help women overcome their hardships, period. And what I loved by that, even though it felt like, okay, like that's super random, I remember thinking like, oh, that's super clear. Rather than being like, bring back soul scripts and your brokenness is welcome here as a shop and a community and a ministry and a this and a that and like all the things and six programs and like all the things that it evolved into. It was just like a product line and a community to help women overcome their hardships, period. Like it was that simple. And I just remember thinking like, huh, like that seems obvious. And it's not that far off from what it was before. It just was like way more focused in and refined. Um, But I remember when I first had that thought, it seemed strange and kind of random because it didn't really make sense to me to focus on overcoming hardships because I wasn't really or hadn't at any time recently walked through any hardships. In fact, I was in what I would call the happiest time of my life. It was Christmas time, um, which is just generally a happy time of year. And I had in my, in my, you know, I remember thinking like, wow, this was the perfect year because I had probably what was the most successful career year of my career up until that point. Even with closing soul scripts down, my book had taken off. My podcast was doing well. I had some great, incredible speaking opportunities. Like things were just really taking off and I really loved what I was doing with my work. And we had also just found out we were expecting our first baby. So it was like, wow, what a perfect year. It's Christmas time. I'm going to have a baby. And I just had the best year in my career. Like, this is great. You know, and I remember thinking that. So when I had that thought about helping women overcome hardships, and I remember when I wrote that down, I wrote, bring back soul scripts and your brokenness is welcome here as a product line and support community designed to help women overcome their hardships. And then I put in parentheses, divorce, miscarriage, you know, health diagnosis, cancer, et cetera. Like I put these examples and I happen to include miscarriage, which is super weird because when you first find out you're pregnant, like you're not thinking like that's going to happen to me. You're thinking like, I'm going to have a baby in nine months. Like that's just how it is. Right. And so anyways, not long after though, that coffee shop moment, we shared with our family at Christmas and all of that. Um, I actually shared that story in episode 92, if you want to hear about it, but I went in for an ultrasound appointment in early January to find out that our baby's heart was no longer beating. And that was awful. Like 
so shocking. I remember just feeling like this is not real. This is not happening. Um, but then a few months after our first loss, we got pregnant again. And I thought that would be our redemption story. And I thought that was supposed to be the happy ending we had been praying for, especially because that baby was due the following December, one year from when we like just, you know, right around the same time we lost the first one. Um, but at 13 weeks, right as we were about to announce our pregnancy, actually, we were going to announce it that night. We found out that we had lost that baby too. And that was absolutely devastating. I'm trying to rush through this part because I don't want to get emotional about it. But I found myself just walking through this like year of deep grief that I'd never experienced before. And I'm really honestly very much still in an ongoing journey to healing. That doesn't just like go away when you stop bleeding or four weeks later. It just, it's an ongoing process. But I just want to say that through, you know, there's a lot that's just I've learned and how that adversity has created clarity is really what I'm trying to get to. But I first want to point out that I'm really learning that healing takes work. It doesn't just happen. It requires vulnerability. It requires time. It requires courage to actually address and attack the pain at its root. It requires community and support. It, for me, has required some therapy and other things. And so as I walked through these losses, though, the, the reason I even bring that up, like I'm, I don't want to dwell on it, but the reason I bring it up is that I begin to notice something that really has become like the clarity piece that I was looking for, I noticed that family and friends would reach out to me telling me that they wish they knew what to say, or they would simply say, I'm so sorry. I don't know what to say. There's no words. And as I also shared these loss about the losses with, you know, my online community, so many of you guys begin to repeat my own phrase, your brokenness is welcome here back to me, even though I had kind of discontinued the whole thing for a while. And hearing that in the middle of my own heartbreak and hard season, it just hit me in a deeper way. And I was for the first time on the receiving end of it. And I felt like, okay, I don't have to pretend I'm okay. Maybe if I actually accept that I'm not okay right now without with with the commitment that I'm not just going to stay here I can actually start taking some of those steps towards seeking the help I need whether that's getting back involved in our small group community seeing a perinatal a therapist who specializes in this kind of loss and perinatal loss like things like that maybe those pieces and those steps will be the catalyst to help me move forward even if it's in a direction I never wanted to go and that's really when the meaning of the message and its purpose and the purpose of soul scripts became clear you know at least soul scripts as i'm introducing it to you today became clear and so you know i just i want to point out soul scripts started as a words company right it was the whole idea was like encouraging words for the soul chicken soup for the soul if you will like even soul scripts scripts kind of means like prescription right like a like medicine for the soul like a balm for the soul and words can be healing you know but when a friend walks through a hardship a loss illness, heartbreak, and things like that, it can be hard to find the right words to say or to comfort. Sometimes it feels like words fall short or like no matter what we say, it'll be the wrong thing. And as so many people in my life expressed that they didn't know what to say to me when we went through the both losses, I saw for the first time how soul scripts could meet a need. When hardship strikes, so many women get stuck because they suffer alone, or at least they feel like they're suffering alone. They feel isolated or misunderstood, even if people are there for them. They feel like no one's really there with them. And when we do reach out to a friend who is struggling, we sometimes find ourselves without the words to help. You know, I've been on both ends of this now, and it is hard to know what to say. And so Soul Scripts really is here with this promise. We give you the words when you have none. My hope is that this will allow you to communicate, I'm here for you and I'm here with you right where you are. 
although we will eventually have more messages in our shop, you know, in future collections, I pray that this core message, as well as the messages in the future, can serve as an alternative to sending, you know, traditional flowers or a simple text when hardship strikes and maybe give something that's comforting and cozy and a reminder, like a, like a, like an invitation to say, hey, you can open up and I'll be here with you and we're going to get through this. Because life really is such a beautiful journey, but it can also be so hard. And my hope is that you can either wear this yourself or send it to a friend who's in need of healing words or support and just needs to know that you're there for them. Even if you don't exactly have a whole lot to say, you're just there to listen and support and be, you know, with them when they need somebody to just be in the trenches with them. So our mission here is really to provide you the words when you have none and give you a simple comforting tool to support a friend or even yourself as, you know, the hard and holy steps forward through suffering are taken, okay? So I want to cover briefly, I think this is really important, as I mentioned already, that the message has been, you know, I notice how the message could quickly get diluted. And if this if this is kind of the core message of this company, I really want to clarify the meaning of it and what it does mean and the clarity that I have around that and want to make sure this comes to, comes through super, super clear. Because like I said, when the message started to revolve around sin and shame or just be this excuse to, you know, do whatever and almost like it was like all the grace without the growth, that was not the goal. And when it began to revolve around that rather than healthy community or healthy, you know, vulnerability and support and growth in community, it nearly became an excuse for people to sit in their brokenness instead of moving through it. And we don't want that. So your brokenness is welcome here was never meant to mean your meanness is welcome here or your drama and attitude is welcome here or your misbehavior is welcome here or it's okay. Just be a mess and don't take steps toward growth. All right. It was never meant to mean that. It does mean I am here for you. And I love you where you're at, but also love you too much to to let you stay there for too long. I'm going to meet you where you are and we're going to get through this together. Like it's essentially a, I'm here for you. Your brokenness was welcome here was never meant to be a hall pass to just sit in our struggles forever, right? It's about healing and moving forward. It is both a comforting invitation and an overcoming anthem. But sometimes we believe the lie. I think that society wants us to just be okay right away and keep our hard things behind closed doors. But I've learned, if I've learned anything throughout this year, even though I'm still very much in the middle of it, it's that when we hide our heartbreak or we hide our pain, it's so much harder to move through it and heal. This is why I believe in getting the help we need through supportive community, through therapy, through whatever means that looks like based on what we're going through. And on the contrary, you know, when we open up, when we ask for help and partner with God and with trusted friends in the journey to heal, we will come out stronger on the other side of the fire. We just will. This is the meaning and the heart behind the message. It's a healing invitation to take the first hard and holy steps forward toward growth. It's an invitation to open up, to let ourselves be loved, and to get the help we need based on what we're going through. It is so much more than just a message. It's a movement for women ready to link arms, ready to show up in the hard stuff, and to stand in victory rather than get stuck in a victim mentality, even if we've been a victim of hard things, okay? Now, there's a few other things I want to cover that are a little bit more logistical um, before we wrap up and then we'll be done. Okay, so the first thing I want to cover is the question, are any of the Bible journaling resources coming back to so as I mentioned, SoulScript started as a small business and then over time evolved into other resources and content as I, you know, 
was pretty open about my faith. But as I took the last year to reflect um, not only on my background and expertise, but also the roots of how this entire, of how Soul Scripts, this entire company began, it became clear to me what I'm called to build in Shepherd and what is not mine to build in Shepherd, at least in this season. So I started Soul Scripts as a shop. And so we're keeping it simple and allowing it to remain a shop with a core mission and a clear focus. So while I'm open about my faith and will never hide or deny it, I don't necessarily believe God's called me to be a to be positioned as a Bible teacher or a pastor or anything like that. There was a season where, like I said, some of the content I had shared about highlighting and Bible journaling kind of began to snowball into that. But I had to take a step back and, and kind of evaluate if that was really aligned with where I'm called to go and with, you know, what this season of life brings for me. And I think, you know, this brings up an important point. I've had to wrestle through this and um, ask hard questions about it. But I think sometimes in the West and in the Americanized church model, we can glamorize the idea of platform or digital ministry or Instagram ministry or the Christian influencer, if you will, or Christian entertainment, right? We almost like put it into this silo or this genre when I really believe it's meant to be a foundation, like quite literally, any you could do ministry through anything. Like you don't have to be in the position of like, the pulpit. And I knew that for the health of my own heart and for the sake of those that began to look to me as a leader, I needed to kind of pivot away from that direction a little bit without, you know, obviously denying anything that I believe. It's just, I don't think that's really the the exact thing that I'm supposed to be focused on. And I think that's okay. And as I paused everything, it really just became clear to me what I'm called to shepherd and build and what is not mine to shepherd and build. I started Soul Scripts as a shop. And so we're keeping it simple and allowing it to remain a shop, like I said, with a core mission and a clear focus. So therefore, previous programs that were discontinued when we closed will remain discontinued, although the shop is reopening. Now, I want to share a few lessons that I've learned along the way. Um, When I started this as a little shop in my college sorority house, it became something so much deeper than that over time. And the journey has ultimately brought me here and taught me four important truths that I want to share with you and pass on to you to apply to your own journey. Okay. The first is that it's okay to temporarily do less to ultimately do more. Sometimes in business or in leadership, you have to take a step back so that you can gain perspective and ultimately move in the right direction for you. And sometimes you need to pause and go through the painful process of healing or discernment so that you can come out stronger with a clearer focus. It's okay to step back when what when it, when stepping back is really what you need to ultimately step forward. I think we live in a world that tells us, you know, always be moving in a forward direction. If you made this much last year, you need to double it next year, right? Or if you got to this point of growth, you need to get to the next point of growth. Like it's always about that. But I think sometimes then we can kind of go on autopilot and lose sight of the vision or the mission and the clarity of what we're doing and our why. And it's important to come back to that. And sometimes that requires, if we really want to go you know, the direction we need to go. It's sometimes we're more like a boomerang. I think we want to just be more like a jet, but I think sometimes the best things come when we allow ourselves to kind of be pulled back a little bit and then be shot forward and slingshotted forward, right? So it's okay to step back when stepping back is really what you need to gain a clear view, to go back to your why, to figure out what, that, what it really looks like, and then ultimately be able to step forward with more confidence and clarity. Now, 
Um, the lesson number two is that e adversity can create unexpected clarity. If I have learned anything this year, it's that. Um, when hardship strikes, we often try to skip through the painful chapters or through the uncomfortable growth to get to the part where it doesn't hurt so much or where it doesn't stretch us so much. Or we think that once this difficult period is over, then we can start moving forward and making the difference that we want to make or living out our purpose. But the reality is that it's often the most painful seasons of our life, the most challenging seasons of our life that can bring the most clarity to our life. It's like a refining. It's in those moments that we are shaped and refined that we can come out with a clearer understanding of who we are, what we're capable of, and how we can uniquely help those around us, okay? Number three is that a lot of people will probably have a lot of opinions about what you should or shouldn't do. But at the end of the day, only God and you know your calling and what's really right for you and your work and your vocation. And I want you to pay attention to that. Now, that doesn't mean listen to the advice or that doesn't mean don't listen to the advice of loved ones or trusted members, mentors in your life. Please do that. Okay. Like, I just want to preface that. Like, please do that. But we don't need to snap in a Z formation and write off all guidance as unsolicited opinions or advice. We are so much more mature than that. And I want you to make it your priority to partner with God, even when people, you know, that are strangers, like maybe old college roommates or people that follow you on social media, but don't really have insight to your inner circle. Um, when they don't get what the heck you're doing, that's okay. I promise it's worth it to keep, you know, trucking forward. But also listen to those in your inner circle too, like maybe a, a spouse or a, a business mentor or, you know, a close friend, like people who are within your inner circle. I really found that when I pay attention to this small voice of trusted advisors is kind of how I look at it. Usually if I'm, if I have um, questions about something, the questions that they, that they may be seeing that I, you know, if I bring those up, they can say like, oh, I can see that too. Or, hey, I'm thinking this is what I need to do. Or I need to stop this and focus on this. A lot of times they will provide affirmation if it's really the thing that I should be doing because they have an insight into my skills and my heart and the inner workings of what I'm doing that the majority of the world doesn't have. So when those voices are in alignment or even somewhat in alignment but offering maybe a slightly different perspective than you know, what I'm thinking about doing or what I'm feeling to I need to do, um, it, it provides a lot of wisdom and a lot of counsel and a lot of... Uh, confidence and clarity in the direction you need to go because they're able to either affirm or partially affirm, but also provide some perspective on, well, have you thought of it like this, right? And that helps me really make clear and good decisions. And so this isn't to say like all opinions are null and void. It's just, let's make sure we're clear on who we're listening to and who we're not listening to. Because it can be so easy to get distracted by a bunch of noise and voices that don't really have the insight or the wisdom to be speaking into your life, Okay. Okay, number four is don't just aim for what works, aim for what lasts. You know, in creating your business or whatever it is that you're leading, don't just take the easy path. Like, it, it's really easy to be like, well, this isn't super clear, but it's working, you know, or, well, I don't exactly have, you know, a really core mission. I don't really know why I'm doing it, but people seem to like it, so I'm just going to roll with it. Like, that's kind of, that can work for a while, you know, and it does for a, for a bit, but I think eventually that can, you're trading long-term success for short-term gain, you know, or long-term um, sustainability for short-term success is probably a better way to say it. So I want you to think about what will bring long-term growth and purpose and ask yourself what you can do today that will create a foundation for a lifelong legacy. Don't just aim for what works, aim for what lasts, even if that means taking a step back or pivoting directions, okay? Now, I want to go over how the shop is going to work so that you understand and feel super clear as to what to expect. But first, let's go over the dates. So, 
Soul Scripts will officially reopen its doors on October 1st, 2020. So that means if you are listening to this episode on the day that it airs, that is tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, just so that everybody's off work (laughs) and makes it easy. Um, But if you are listening during the first week of October, that means the shop is open. It closes on October 7th at midnight Pacific Standard Time. We have it open for a week and that'll make sense in a second when I explain how this works. And if you're listening after that and you're like, wait, I missed it, don't panic. We have some really other epic collections coming very soon. But we're reopening during this time for many reasons. One, it just works out logistically and with timing of all the things you have to do to reopen a a company. But also I think what's really special about it is that October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month as well. And I chose to reopen in October, not only, like I said, because of the timing, but also kind of in memory of the two babies that I lost this year and in support of the countless women who have experienced similar pain. It's just appropriate. It just makes sense. However, even if you haven't walked through this exact situation, the shop is for you if you have, you know, you or if someone you love have faced something hard this year. So it's not only for women who have experienced what I have. It's just it felt appropriate and the timing worked out that way. Additionally, the shop is really rooted in mission and we're committed to providing transformative opportunities to women. I love finding ways to economically empower women. And so we are doing that on this collection by partnering with Able on select products, especially specifically our jewelry line. Able employs, trains, educates, and empowers women who are coming out of difficult situations. And the artisans who are handcrafting the items for our jewelry line really embody that spirit of hope and overcome we intend soul scripts to provide so when you purchase from our jewelry line you take part in providing those transformative opportunities for women now like i said the shop will be open for one week at a time every few months it will open again it'll open it'll first open on october 1st and it will close on october 7th and the process works like this when the shop opens go to our website and pick out your favorite item or two or ten it doesn't matter and submit your order once the shop closes we'll take your order and all the orders and produce the items when your items are ready we'll ship them right to your door they should arrive within a few weeks okay i'm going to repeat that one more time When the shop opens, go to our website, pick out your favorite items, and submit your order. When the shop closes, we'll take the orders and produce the items. Once your items are ready, we'll ship them right to your door, and they should arrive within a few weeks, okay? Super simple, super clear, a little different than how we've run it in the past, but it's for good reason, and I think it'll benefit you as well. So... Lastly, last thing I'm going to say is if you want some more information or you want to get notified on all things soul scripts or, you know, including things like when our open dates and upcoming collections are sneak peeks, sign up for updates at soulscripts.com. There's a place you can put in your email address. And ultimately beyond that, I just can't thank you enough for your support on this project. Truly. It is truly a company that is so near and dear to my heart. And I so strongly believe in this new and improved clear direction, mission, and purpose that it embodies. And my hope is that you do too. Like I said, my hope is that this is something you can wear yourself or something you can send to a friend who's walking through a hard time or both. You know, when you find a friend is struggling or walking through a heartbreak or a hardship or a loss, send her soul scripts and let her know, Hey, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm here for you. I love you. We're going to get through this together and your brokenness is welcome here. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content 
and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.